Hi, this is Jeffrey Aaron, and welcome to today's Flying Talkers. Well, there's one air cargo trade show left in the world. And I got to ask you the question, should there be any in the middle of this COVID-19 pandemic? It's Tiaka's Air Cargo Forum. It's still apparently still planned for Miami, Florida. It's a debut with Messamunchen organizing the event and a couple of industry publication partners handling sales. It's being held November 10-11. Uh, undaunted by the global COVID-19 pandemic that once again, unfortunately, is sweeping across Florida. It's being held in Miami, as I said. Well, it's early July, and we're looking over the event website, the book booths, and reveals, minus a small army of publications, maybe 30 exhibitors, but less than half a dozen airlines. Well, our view is that Tiaka Messamunchen should take a long look at this thing, this postpone this show until 2021. Tiaka can wait for 2021, is our view. Now, elsewhere, across the Great Divide, there's the U.S. and China. And that brace of powerful USA aircraft carriers on maneuvers in the South China Sea last week sends a powerful message to Communist China that the USA and others will not be driven off those waters that the CCP has been treating recently like its own private lake. The implications for trade are underscored as SCS drives, uh, the South China Sea, drives $7 trillion in trade annually. But in a broader thinking about these things, push may have finally come to shove. So if we exclude any type of armed conflict, which for two countries the size and technical sophistication of the United States and China would truly be catastrophic, the objectives and the field of conflict become rather clear. What's going on in this COVID-19 world of 2020 is an economic and worldview conflict between closed authoritarian states and open liberal democratic systems of governance. So we'll get to all of that right after this. Flying Talkers 2020 is brought to you by the people of ATC, simply the best GSSA in the transportation business. ATC today delivers the global airline cargo business the fastest growing, most respected general service and sales organization in the world. ATC Can Do Difference creates for all ideal situations designed by people working together to win. To discover what ATC can bring to your business anywhere in the world, contact HQ at ATC-Aviation.com or take a look and reach out at www.ATC-Aviation.com or you can call at 490-6969-80530. ATC, one world one global air cargo GSSA. So this is about the Tiaka Air Cargo Forum with Messamunchen being held November 10th and 11th, 
of this year, still scheduled for Miami, Florida. We're in early July. We're looking over the event website at the book booths, and it shows us minus a small army of publications, maybe 30 exhibitors, but less than half a dozen airlines. The airlines, their sales agents and airports always have been the meat and potato sponsors at this event. This is the first test for a new partnership. So getting this thing right is probably very high on the agenda. So here's what's up. Tiaka partnered with Messe Munchen after its last event in Toronto two years ago in 2020. It's insisting on the exhibition at a time of widespread world tragedy in our view. Right now, it seems to us that these people should step back a bit and take a deep breath. We're still very much living inside the fog of a pandemic that continues to put a permanent dent in all of our lives. The Miami ACF, from the looks of it, no matter how well-intentioned, will appear for a few days as a diminutive presence inside a mammoth, beautifully newly refurbished Miami Beach Convention Center. Beautiful place, fantastic venue, can't pick a better city in this country, sun and fun, the whole deal. Miami Beach Convention Center is a great place. But look, we're in the middle, as I say, of the fog of pandemic. So why not pause this year's event? Like the Fiata World Congress, for example, was supposed to go to Korea about the same time, maybe even later, or maybe a week earlier. I, I can't remember the exact date, but they, that was canceled a long time ago. The IATA World Cargo Symposium was canceled. The CNS Partnership Conference was canceled. And almost every other major industry gathering has postponed its 2020 events. Now seems like a time for people to get their lives back together, get the children back in school, and to take measure of what's left of air cargo, regroup, and then get back to trade shows and face-to-face -face networking next year. Then there's a question of, if you've made a commitment here, can you get out? This is kind of something you want to hear. Yeah, there's no way out to some people. We talked to someone who said to us, we tried to cancel our participation in Miami due to the fact that we are stuck at home and most of the world is still in semi-lockdown, an exhibitor at ACF told us. We've been told if we cancel, there'll be no refund. That's a direct quote. Well, talk about being stuck in the muck. We were told if we don't pay our invoice and honor our commitment, we will not be granted admission or permitted to exhibit at any other Messimunchen events worldwide, another source exclaimed. Well, let's look at that. That's a kind of a tough way to go, but let's look at it a minute. Having recently acquired air cargo shows in Africa and India and the ACF in Miami, and that's added to their stable of air cargo Europe in Munich, which is the biggest show, takes place over there during Spargel time in Germany in May every other year, and Air Cargo China, which is held, I guess, in Shanghai, much less of a show, but still it's held in Shanghai. Uh, um, uh, uh, the Messe Munchen in 2020, fair to say, dominates the global air cargo trade show circuit. Well, here's what we think. During a time of great turmoil and change, how about some words of understanding and caring and comfort. They're all needed here and might help pave the way to a better future all around. We, ju we just need to be helpful toward one another. Everybody's into the jackpot here. There's no doubt about it from, from, from Italy to uh, Timbuktu. Everybody's feeling the effects 
things aren't what they were. This year rightfully can be called the year from hell. Let's face it, the year from hell is bent and even broken. Legendary companies and airlines struggling to stay in business. And in case you're counting, 2020 is only a few days past being half over. We hear about massive layoffs at, at the airlines. We talk about people struggling to stay in the air. There are always regulars at these shows that won't be here, uh, won't be there in Miami. COVID-19 has destroyed lives, torn apart the hopes and dreams of tens of millions of people worldwide, and caused pain, suffering, and loss unequaled in decades. And the demon is back. Right now, less than four months from the event in Florida, the entire state of Florida is experiencing an uptick in the spread of COVID-19 pandemic virus, and in some cases, had headed into reverse in terms of openings. I'm sorry to have to report that. Yeah, we hear qualifications. It's uh, a certain age group, and the death toll, thank God, isn't as bad as it was. But this thing hasn't gone away. It's still there. And in terms of confrey and exhibitor attendance, you know, apparently the biggest airline in the world and the major tenant at Miami American Airlines is not even listed as exhibiting in Florida. That might not mean something. They might decide to pass on shows here or there in, in, in other contexts. But this is a company that is Miami International Airport. But also noticeably absent are Lufthansa, British, LAN, and other regional and Latin American carriers and forwarders and support companies in our industry that regularly attend these types of events. So where's the logic of having this event at a time when other means of contact are holding sway? When IATA and others have taken a moderate approach toward resuming industry gatherings during the first quarter of 2021? And who does Tiaka Messamunchen expect to show up as attendees at this event? And there's one more thing. Interestingly, the Tiaka Forum 2020, in addition to the ongoing threat of COVID-19, will be taking place in South Florida during a time that the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, has predicted as, quote, a busy hurricane season for 2020 through November 30th of this year. Now, we're reminded of that as, as an early tropical storm ripped up the east coast of the USA and lashed New York just this past Friday with several inches of rain and 60-mile-an-hour wind gusts. Okay, we get it. South Florida is always a sweet spot for storms during November. But come on, let's get real here. Enough is enough. But there's one other caveat, maybe the force majeure we hear about, that may pull the trigger on this whole thing. And the theory we've heard is that maybe Tiaka Messimunchen is waiting for some time in the early fall when force majeure might kick in and mitigate their exposure. Force majeure gets everybody off the hook to play another day. Quote, the force majeure strategy frees all parties from liabilities or obligations when extraordinary circumstances take place, Wikipedia explains. Well, the Marx Brothers might have pronounced that word circumstances, but we're in the middle of those circumstances right now for sure. But if that's the case, we can only wonder even more if the aforementioned pay-up or else gambit really makes any sense right now. Look, here's the reality. It's time to stop thinking about who will sponsor the masks and hand sanitizers and start to consider the efficacy of actually looking out for the greater good. As people, 
as human beings, as companies, as forcing ourselves to move in, in a very tough situation, we cannot allow the interests of a few to dictate how we proceed for the remainder of 2020. If the lesson of the Chinese Communist Party, CCP, covering up what has become a devastating worldwide pandemic has taught us anything. I'm not talking about the Chinese people. They're some of the bravest, smartest, most law-abiding people in the world. I'm talking about the CCP. What they've taught us in terms of being guardful about these things is that gathering in a large group anywhere is a foolhardy proposition until a vaccine appears or the viral infection of COVID-19 subsides. Neither which has happened yet. We hear promises, we can keep our fingers crossed, we could say a little prayer if we want to as well. I just think it's absolutely ridiculous to ignore our intuitive feelings about self-preservation. I mean, I'm close to 80 years old. I'm damned if I'm gonna put myself at risk. It's great to be alive right now. A little weird, but we'll get through it. Resist and stand up for common sense. There'll be many meetings and advancements that we can share online, and sooner than you might expect, we'll be together once again, just like we always were. We just have to get through this together. This is Jeffrey Arendt. Thought to say a couple of words here about Tiaka, the International Air Cargo Association. I love Tiaka. I love Tiaka because even though it's not a perfect instrument, what is? You know, you could everybody can look at what they're doing and probably do something else. The birth of Tiaka itself, the modern organization, took place after the Society of Automotive Engineers. SAE decided to withdraw their sponsorship of the International Air Cargo Association's IACA biennial trade show called Air Cargo Forum. I recall the last IACA that took place in New York was 1982 at the Hilton Hotel. I remember Julie Coopersmith, uh, Bill Bosch, and the late Julie sitting in a, uh, a container because he was a container genius. He had a company called Container. They're sitting in a can on the show floor debating the various aspects of ULDs. Somewhere in this world, Bill Bosch is sitting, situated someplace, probably in a beautiful place with his lovely partner, uh, Sherry. And I'm sure they're not talking about containers, but somewhere in the back of his mind, not far out of his mind, is something about air cargo. That's the way life goes with us, right? But you know, Shortly after that time, a group of concerned air cargo executives started the new organization, Tiaka, which held its first board meeting at the In-N-Out Club in London. And we were there. Remember, we flew over to London uh, on Air India. What a <laughs> fun that was. Um, and the In-N-Out Club, of course, was just great. It was just a wonderful old place. And, and, uh, and the great... Uh, pioneers of those days, Bob Arendahl and Chris Foyle, the Foyle, Foyle bookstores uh, in, in London when he, he had an airfoil uh, flying some Russell airplanes at the time Chris Foyle did. They were very, very active. The British uh, guard came and played beat retreat. You know, we watched that out in the, out in the courtyard of the In-N-Out Club. 
It was a great event and everything was brand new. Nobody had ever been part of that thing before. It was put together uh, by concerned people that wanted to make a better air cargo industry. It's a genuine, Tiaka has the great attribute of being a genuine grounds up kind of a organization. Its first air cargo forum was held in 1992 in Luxembourg, thanks to Bob Arendal and Cargo Lux. And that was, that, that was what it was. So it was a little trade show area where we had some booths and there were people like Bill Sporer that were there from Challenge Air Cargo in Miami. He was also very, very active in that particular time. And Bob Arendal uh, really did a wonderful job of having people there. And uh, we went, I remember going up the hill to, to a castle somewhere and they were serving a sort of a buffet in this great old building uh, castle. And one of the rooms had a fireplace so big you could walk into it and they were making raclette in the fireplace and putting it over potatoes with cornichons, you know, little sour pickles or tart pickles and uh, some, some, some carrots and, and some celery. It was very, very nice. It was a great event and it was, it was not a giant event. There were none of these great epic booths that people have today and all the rest of it, but it put them underway. It got them going, put people, they just did it. And then in 94, they went to Seattle, which was a mistake. Uh, that that didn't work at all and uh, was just, just didn't work out. That was 1994. But then Ram Menon convinced the uh, uh, Prince Maktoum, the chairman of Emirates, to sponsor the 1996 Tiaka event in Dubai, and it was held at the at the uh, Dubai World Trade Center. Now you look at the World Trade Center in Dubai right now today, and it's like probably the smallest building on the block. But at that time, it was like the only building on the block. And we all went in there, and Tiaka absolutely hit the big time in the UAE. We made a lot of money. We went out in the desert somewhere. I remember flying in on British Airways, had an appointment with the great Kevin Hatton. Uh, up in London, jumped on a, uh, he was the uh, cargo guy at uh, British Airways and Kevin and I sat there and had a lot of fun and I, he let me sit up front on one of the air airplanes down to Dubai and I'll never forget that four foot samovar that they had in first class and they were serving tea out of it. It was really quite a nice ride and, and of course that Ron had arranged the whole thing. They went, we went out into the desert and had evenings out in the desert, you know, and had had, had a wonderful show and wonderful food and all the rest of it. And in that World Trade Center, they sold enough booths to really, really make a mark. And, and they did. And they hit the big time. And they powered their treasury. And Tiaka had a running start. Well, that was in 1996. And as we've declared here in the past and still today, we believe that Tiaka is the last best hope for an impartial air cargo industry advocate organization to work, educate, and sponsor the causes of the entire logistics supply chain. Ain't no special interest groups that are supposed to be dominating. It's supposed to be a little bit of everybody. That makes it rather imperfect, makes it democratic, makes it a little difficult, maybe to get all the loose ends to move at the same time. 
But Tiaka was created as a meeting place for people that are air cargo minded and more powerful to them. Yeah, they may be messy for some, but that's because an international and diverse organization of many peoples and cultures from around the world will always have to work to achieve a consensus. Unlike dispassionate exhibition companies, trade groups and publications that seem to want to dominate trade shows today, Tiaka can truly say that it represents organized cargo. Air cargo is awash with private interests that either espouse their own vision for things in air cargo or worse, appear as quick buck artists that email blitz nearly everybody to death and then put on noise events with all kinds of artificial, non-performing, meaningless stimuli like industry awards and over-the-top gala dinners. Look, the noise is all around you. Tiaka has this great opportunity to be the signal. And when they act as the signal, they can bring on great change because they're made up of some people in the air cargo business on a rotating basis that are always emerging as brilliant and different and committed and wanting to do good. And these other quickie two or three day events and these, these little vest pocket meetings, maybe it's better they go the way of the dust because networking at, at our CNS and at our World Cargo Symposium and our, and our bigger trade shows in Africa and India and in Asia and Tiaka in Miami should be supported. Look, Tiaka should be attended and deserves industry support. Tiaka is not perfect, but neither is Air Cargo or any of us when you think about it. But Tiaka Miami can wait for 2021. This is Jeffrey Aaron. So here we have the great divide between the USA and China. What's going on in this COVID-19 world of 2020 is an economic and worldview conflict between closed authoritarian states and open liberal democratic system of governance. Specifically, how this heightened tension between the two top world economies impacts overall trade will pan out ahead. And it's still an open question. One thing's for certain, a source told me, that COVID has opened up eyes and thoughts about China around the world, and there's no going back. Christopher Balding is an associate professor at Fulbright University, Vietnam, in Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City. And after nine years at the HSBC Business School at Peking University Graduate School in Shenzhen, China, Considered to be one of the leading experts on the Chinese economy and financial markets, he advises governments, central banks, and investors around the world on China and writes of global finance and economics overviews and opinions on his website, baldingsworld.com. Can recommend it, baldingsworld, one word, baldingsworld.com. Since the ascendance of the great leader Xi in late 2012, China's made no secret, Chris Balding says, of its muscular foreign policy. From the South China Sea and Uyghurs, around the world, to Xinjiang, to economic industrial warfare. That's what's going on right now. This strain of Chinese foreign policy began well before President Trump 
and will outlast a one or two term President Trump. The conflict with China is not due to needing better communication or better understanding. The reality, Chris Balding said, is that the policies that China is executing now have been planned and discussed clearly for a year. Xinjiang, Taiwan, South China Sea, economic protectionism, Hong Kong, techno-authoritarianism are clearly stated objectives by China across a variety of institutional formats that have been discussed widely within formal governmental forums and permissible propaganda-type forums, Chris Balding says, to argue that the current escalated conflict is due to poor communication between the USA and China is nothing less than staggering ignorance about what China has stated clearly and repeatedly as its objectives. Chris Baldy goes on to say that official and unofficial China has thought long and hard about their preferred policy path and have the agency to make their own decisions about how to proceed. Most people, Professor Balding said, at the beginning believed that this was a simple trade dispute that has been going on in the world between the U.S. and China. However, the conflict between China and the United States is a fundamental conflict between the values of open liberal democracy with human rights and free markets at its core versus the closed authoritarian state-centric governance system of China. This understanding guides us into what we to expect about the general path of the conflict in China and what will ultimately come elsewhere. It'll move to larger parts of the world. This isn't a conflict about specific policies, but it's about the entire system of human governments. Balding notes, we are afforded a couple of principles moving forward about how to frame this conflict. First, openness and engagement is relatively pointless with the objective to change Chinese government policy. Openness is good and useful policy across many policy domains and it still should be pursued pretty generally. But we must realize it has little to no impact on changing Chinese government policy in a range of areas that would fit U.S. government satisfactory policy sets or ranges. For example, if openness and engagement with China actually changed Chinese government policy, Chris says, in the general direction of U.S. or developed country democracy acceptable sets, the past 20 years would have yielded and vastly different outcomes than what we're seeing right now. If anything, the generalized policy of openness and engagement toward China has shown to produce the opposite of its claimed outcome. Also, better negotiation or communication will have little to no impact on Chinese government policy. A common argument is that better communication or negotiation strategies will give the U.S. influence. However, the CCP will never negotiate its authoritarian stranglehold on China willingly, Professor Balding declared. What this is, Professor Balding claims, is we're entering Cold War 2.0, a new landscape that will require the United States competing and challenging China across virtually every policy domain about how best to project liberal, open, democratic human rights, free market vision, and the way of life on the rest of the world. Whether this new international institutional arrangement or competing telecommunication standards or development funding for lesser developed countries, the United States must be prepared to challenge and compete with China across every policy demand. The United States 
has been waking up to these challenges and is moving to address them, but an enormous amount of work remains ahead, he said. We can already see evolving soft alliances with China surrounding itself with North Korea, Iran, Syria, and other authoritarian states and building up other authoritarian states as well. This framework provides a few clear implications for the USA and others on how to approach the China challenge. Just as China has built its own salad bowl of bilateral and multilateral institutions, the United States must challenge and compete with China, whether in Asia, Latin America, or anywhere to work with countries that aspire to the same values. The U.S. must challenge countries that align themselves with China just as it took issue with allies funding the Soviet Union in the Cold War. Then Professor Balding said, We have crossed the Rubicon and China has laid bare their intentions. We cannot return to the days of blissful ignorance when the learned could feign ignorance on the goals, objectives, and intentions of China. That's the reality. This is the conflict, Professor Christopher Balding declared. Check it out. It's baldingworlds.com. Worth reading. Another point of view might differ from yours, but why not take them all in? You're involved in international trade. Your business depends to a large extent in air cargo somewhere in China. We don't expect that to end, but it doesn't hurt to know the nature of the business you're doing with other people, where it's coming from, where it might end up. If anything, we've learned from the pandemic, the best surprise would be no surprise. Well, that's it for today. Yeah, I guess my hair was on fire today. We have a lot to say about things. Not normal for us, but you know what? It happens every once in a while. Maybe we'll do something about living at home for the past five months with our dog and how much that's meant to us. I mean, in addition to our family, of course, but the dogs have come up big. Uh, they're, They're just wonderful. And I thank you for your time this time. Look forward to next time. This is Jeffrey Aaron saying thanks for listening and keep them flying and stay safe and keep them flying, Air Cargo. Goodbye.